Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is For the Republic, and I'm your host, Louis Valentin. Katie won't be with us this week. You won't be joining us today, but you and I can still have a great discussion. Please don't forget to check out our Patreon, like and subscribe, if you, where you can find more of our content. The link is down in, our, in the description. Something big happened this week, and no, it isn't the bogus indictment of Hunter Biden, President Biden's son, or the even more bogus indictment of President Trump. No, something big happened in Peking, China this week, when Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, met with Chinese officials. During his visit, Blinken revealed that the United States would continue supporting the One China policy, that we wouldn't interfere in the Chinese-Taiwanese conflict. Now, why does that matter? Well, on several occasions, the President, Joe Biden, committed to the public to the defense of Taiwan, and that he would send military aid if China ever were to invade. Obviously, that would mean war. The United States would be engaged in fighting China for the sake of Taiwan while bankrolling and supplying the Ukrainians in their war versus Russia. But how did we get here? Well, since the end of the Cold War, Western interests have been accelerated the development of China from a centralized communist hellscape into a centralized communist hellscape that allows international multinational companies to create and develop new products and technologies for a lesser price. This all happened at the expense of the American taxpayer, without it ever being brought to a vote on the issue. But why? What is going on? Well, a combination of very, of three very toxic things all seem to happen at the same time. First, American conservatives were blindsided in the 1980s. While they were allowed to have Ronald Reagan as their president, a true conservative, neoconservatives or as we can really call them, corrupt corporate Republicans, lobbied for more aid to China. This meant more subsidies, more tax breaks. And every time they would look left when China devalued their currency, cheating, or when they cheated us on trade. They did this by convincing us that this was all in the name of free market economics. But that was a lie. Second, liberal Democrats believed that it was politically correct. It was an act of good, an act of charity, to watch our jobs leave us and go to China. They encouraged it. And not only that, they marveled at the Chinese political system. We can all remember Canadian PM Justin Trudeau pretty much saying that he admired China, despite all the human rights abuses, despite the economic theft. China benefited as American universities, like New Jersey's very own King University, as they set up college campuses in China. They, the Chinese exported tens of thousands of Chinese students to study in American universities. They illegally donated millions of dollars to research universities like Harvard, Princeton, Stanford even. You can see the news as these universities are finally being revealed for not even declaring their taxes or even declaring that they got this money in the first place. The academics who care about human rights, progressives, they ignored all the red flags in China. It didn't matter as long as the Chinese students continued to pay for their own education full in cash. It didn't matter if the tutors on, on trade. It didn't matter if they stole our patents, if they copied our technology. This was the price we had to pay if we wanted them to become like us. The big problem was the American citizen was never asked. They never asked us, did we want this? But why did American lawmakers allow this to happen? Well, after the Cold War, we made a big fatal mistake. We believed that we defeated the enemy. We believed that the Soviet Union was our enemy 
and that since they fell, that it was over. We had won the Cold War, but they were wrong. The scare of red communism was still alive, and it continues to be alive and well. If you look across East Asia, you can see tens of countries, dozens of countries there, which are, if not blatantly open, are far left-leaning Marxist-Leninist countries. They're in South America, not just Cuba, but Colombia, Venezuela, Brazil, Chile, Argentina, Bolivia. Should I go on? In 1989, we saw the tyranny of communism in China when the regime persecuted protesters and executed them all while the world stopped. This was Tiananmen Square. you think that would be enough to convince our elites otherwise that China wasn't the sweetheart that we should be supporting? But think again. Western governments were convinced they could westernize China and create a democracy, even if they have to mortgage American economic prosperity and security. Again, they were wrong. Once again. The main problem with them is that they never reap the consequences of their own ideologies. Very few people in academia or the media even questioned this. You never saw these type of questions asked. Why were we letting this happen? It was only until 2015 when Donald Trump rose to prominence that we realized that we'd become woke on China. We let them cheat on their currency, devaluing the yuan. We allowed them to create islands on the South China Sea. We even changed our pronunciation of Peking, the Romanized version, which we do to every other country in the world. And we now call that Beijing. We allowed them to steal all of our jobs. They copied our technology, they stole our patents, and they created their own businesses, their own enterprises, with our own ideas. Liberals and black nationalists in America looked away as China essentially colonized Africa once again and stole all their precious resources and precious metals for economic gain. It didn't matter. African elites became wealthy. Those in power took all the money while their own people, Africans, were subjected not to European colonization, but the racist and brutal subjugation of Chinese communism. Millions more people were being sent to work in harsh conditions in mines and in fields, all for the benefit of Emperor Xi and the CCP back in Peking. All of this happened, and it continues to happen. If you even say a word to criticize them, they label you as racists. If you remember Donald Trump during the pandemic, a reporter asked him over the COVID virus. He said, why don't you ask China? And a reporter essentially said, did you say that because I was Chinese? No. He said, it was obvious that it was because the virus came from China. But you can't criticize China. If you do, it's anti-Asian hatred. But it's not. So how do you think Peking feels? You'd assume that they would feel appreciated that they would appreciate all of our charity, that they would feel happy, that they want to be a democracy. Look at this. But it's the opposite. They hate us. They don't respect us. Secretary Blinken was only granted a 30-minute meeting with a Chinese dictator. Our Secretary of Defense, Secretary Austin, can't even get a meeting or a phone call from the Chinese counterpart. They don't like us. Over the past 30 years, all of the things we've given them has just reinforced the idea that we're weak. They view our charity as a weakness. They view our generosity as a sin. China seeks to become the next global empire. They wouldn't be threatening to invade Taiwan. They wouldn't be going to Africa and giving them billions of yuan 
to extract natural resources if they didn't want that. They want to end America as you knew it. And with our current leadership, that won't be difficult. So what can we do? Well, we've seen an American president stand up to China before. Obviously, Donald Trump. China is the biggest threat we know today. It's the biggest threat. But nobody in the media talks about it. All they tell you is that it's white supremacy, January 6th. Joe Biden said that China wasn't our enemy, that they were our friends, that they weren't a threat. And he's right to say that the Chinese people are our friends and that they're not a problem. But that's not the point. The point is that the people in Peking, the government, the communist, the Chinese Communist Party, is our enemy because they do not like us. You'd think that Republicans would spend more time talking about it. Instead, they're just focused on seeing who's more anti-woke, anti-trans, and anti-crime. Those are important topics, but obviously, you should talk about this more. Even presidential wannabe Ron DeSantis has barely talked about China. The others, well, who really cares about them? The point is that we've seen a leader in America before who stood up to China, who for the first time said that we were not going to be ripped off on currency, and that if we were, we were going to point it out. Who, when we were getting a cheater on trade, was going to put things in, in place to fight against that. That when China would mention things like invading Taiwan, they would never do it publicly. In fact, you never see articles. They don't send ships. We've seen this. We know how to fix this problem, and it's deterrence. We need to find a hasty end ceasefire and peace treaty, whatever, to the Ukrainian-Russian conflict. Because China is hedging the bet that the United States will fail in Ukraine. And it's apparent that the Ukrainians can't keep fighting the Russians forever. Not only can we give them all of our weapons, but they don't have enough people. And the more people that are dying at the current very quick pace, they're going to run out very quickly. China hopes that as we lose, that will show the world that the United States can no longer guarantee any safety. And that will send a strong message to people in, in, in Asia. Japan, the Philippines, Thailand, Australia. That despite being under our nuclear umbrella, we're unreliable. I've mentioned this before on previous episodes. But if China were to invade and were to let us know, if Taiwan were to let us know, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Biden and the administration would put up a fake fight, a fake guarantee, and just let the Chinese take Taiwan peacefully. Because, again, do they really want to stand in their way? We're in very dark times right now. And we have to continue to push forward with Donald Trump. He's the only candidate who can actually fix this. Why? Again, I'll keep repeating it until everybody realizes it, goes back and checks. He's the only presidential candidate and the only president in the past 30 years that's actually stood up to China. You may not like that he's loud. You may not like that he's sometimes obnoxious, that he sometimes rambles. You may not like that the drama of the indictments. But realize that they're doing this for a reason. Corporate Republicans in the Lincoln Project, the neoconservatives, don't like the fact that he's attacking the supposed free market. But is it really worth it when America's being shut, thrown down the drain, when China wants to destroy us? That's a question for you to answer. I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, like, subscribe. Patreon is the links down in the description. And I'll be trying to have more content, more episodes like this, where I'll delve deep into episodes and 
It may be solo. I mean, KD might be joining us. He'll be joining us for all the regular episodes. But in the meantime, tell a friend, tell anybody, like I say, tell your friends, tell anybody, tell just strangers, the mailman, the person at the store, tell everybody about our show. Hope you've enjoyed. Like, subscribe, join our Patreon. It's only $5 a month, and it'll go a long way towards helping us. If you want more clear-cut, anti-establishment analysis of news and things that are another topic going on today. Thanks, guys, for joining us. See you next time.